0: it's time to catalog minor catastrophes tell our real life terrors and manifest
1: some mayhem that's right let's crack open the anxiety encyclopedia i'm katherine mcnally i'm
0: laurian mcgill and this morning or afternoon or evening for you listeners we're going to talk about frogging that's p-h-r-o-g-g-i-n-g
1: not Frogger.
0: Not Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what's more anxiety-inducing than Frogger? You're trying to get I this mean, little guy across traffic without getting hit by a car? You're like... <gasps> you're responsible for his murder every time. Yeah, you are. Little froggy life is in your hands. So it's not that, but it is equally scary. Frogging is the act of secretly living in another person's home without their knowledge or permission. I'm glad you brought up Frogger though, because it is a pretty stupid name.
1: Frogging. Yeah, like it's, you mentioned it, and I was it, like, What is this? It reminds me of
0: Frogger. The PH, standing in for the F, feels almost whimsical to me. There's a little bit of whimsy about frogging. We can't be naming these things fun sounding names. No, it needs to reflect how creepy it is. Where do you think why do you think where do you think this term came from? I really don't I know. I can give you some ideas, but I'd like to hear like what what is this pH doing? Is my big question.
1: I assume someone whoever came up with it just wanted to be fancy. Okay, okay. yeah. I'm just, pretty sure I nailed it. They were yeah, they wanted to be fancy. People
0: <laughs> secretly
1: living in your closet <laughs> want to be fancy. <laughs> They want nice things, they just can't afford it. So they live in your (laughs) place. A joke's
0: on them. I can't afford nice things either. The term, it's possible that the term comes from the idea of leapfrogging from location to location, either house to house or basement to crawl space, whatever.
1: So, damn, my frogger nailed it.
0: Yeah. But I still don't understand this pH. What's happening? So I don't know exactly where it originated in 2006. John Stevens perhaps came up with the terms term. He wrote a YouTube series that was called living with strangers. And it presented these two girls as documenting their five days of frogging in an unaware couple's home. And it was framed like documentary. It later came out. It was fake. It
1: was scripted. They were actors. Okay, that's good. It reminds me. This was
0: 2006. We weren't doing as much stupid stuff on the internet for attention yet.
1: I'm glad it's fake though. Because honestly, a bunch of dumbasses doing this for real and then putting it on YouTube, not surprising to me. Right. Well, that would go against the frogging code to put it on YouTube. So
0: sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But no, but it was fake, but that might be where the term came from. And then there also was a short film in 2014 called frogging that i believe was fictional as well Uh, so frogging is kind of like squatting but the primary differences are that when you're squatting you live in an empty place without permission and when you're frogging you're just sharing it with the occupants and so one of the other differences that come out of that is that people who are squatting don't really care about making a mess right but froggers are usually trying to be neat as possible
1: Well, that is an upside. They're not cleaning up your messes. Just theirs. Just theirs. Okay. Supposedly,
0: (laughs) they have this code. I found (laughs) this code. Okay. Okay. One, don't get detected. My favorite. Pretty good. My favorite unhelpful. Like, there's no concrete (laughs) steps here. Just don't get detected. Yeah. Two, clean up after yourself. Okay. It's basically like camping mm-hmm three only take what you need water food and toiletries are fair game taking anything else is not allowed so it's not stealing if
1: it's you those only things take the, necess- no, the necessities
0: four leave the home in the same condition as it was when you first arrived so in other words don't vandalize, vandalize. the house okay. i have two questions about this code This is the the whole code? That's the code. The first question is, I'm not convinced that people who are just living in other people's houses have a really strong ethical moral code. And the second is, like, where was this written down that the person writing this article had access to it? They weren't, the person writing this wasn't like, generally, these are the things froggers try to do to not get detected. They were like, this is the frogging code. One, two, three, four. Boom, 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 boom.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know about this. It feels like they missed one. They should have been like fight club, like first rule. We don't talk about frogging, frogging. but then I would have been like, how did you get these other rules? Right. And so then I'm suspicious of that person who wrote that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure.
0: Obviously it's illegal. Just what I feel like that's important to say. If you get caught, you might get charged with things like breaking and entering, trespassing, stalking, harassment. I love the argument. I love the idea that someone would be like, I was not stalking this person. I was just living in
1: her attic. I was being very nice. I was cleaning up after myself. I didn't
0: care where she was. In fact, I preferred it when she was out of the house. I wasn't um, following
1: her movements. Right. Stop being so weird, man. Stop it. Gosh
0: um so stupid name scary idea I mean I don't even think I need to say why it's a scary idea right the idea that someone else is living in your home with you
1: yeah it takes me back to what was it happy endings where the guy was living in there. oh my gosh I forgot about that
0: and he just comes
1: down and he's just like hey what's up I would shit myself I forgot about that also
0: Okay. On the one side hand, it's really scary. And on the other hand, I am mortified at the idea that anyone is privy to the way that I behave when I'm alone in my house.
1: Oh my God. No one should ever see it.
0: I walk around singing badly. Most of my waking hours, bits of songs, not whole songs, just like snippets of songs and not just like humming. Like I am just like, like real songs. Well, and just like badly, loudly belting. And I start one song and then it turns into another song because it made me think of another song because I almost always have at least one song stuck in my head.
1: This is very endearing. I don't know what you're talking about. You want me to do one better (laughs) as in one worse? I make up songs and I sing them to the cats. Oh, I sing to the cats too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not as cute. It's also (laughs) pretty cute. Did you when you lived in an apartment, did you have a squirrel in your walls once? So, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Well, I convinced myself I did. That's right. Or a bird. And then there was the bird. I don't know. Was I hallucinating? I don't know. (laughs) I was, I was, I came home one night, and I was pretty sure that, like, I saw wings flapping, but then, like, there was no evidence that there was a bird in there, and I don't know how it got out. So, like, (laughs) but I swear I wasn't on anything or drinking or anything, so I don't know. But, yeah, I was convinced, but I also was on the was I on the top floor? No. I was on the second floor. So you were I think
0: on the, I wasn't at the first floor, but you had to go up a mini flight of stairs. I don't think there were apartments below you.
1: There was just a
0: flight of stairs. I don't know.
1: I definitely wasn't on the bottom like on the ground. That's right. But so I had convinced myself because I heard scratching. So I convinced myself there were squirrels like crawling inside the walls. And then when I moved out of that when I moved into my next apartment. I was on the top floor and it sounded like the squirrels were about to fall through the ceiling because apparently just the ceilings are really thin. Oh, that's not what you want. Maybe no. you've just had a frogger moving with you. I don't like that.
0: You don't. No. <laughs> Be a pretty big move. I think you're safe. Like the squirrels, these froggers are not breaking into your house to steal. They're generally not breaking in to hurt anyone. They just need your
1: toiletries.
0: So, some places it really was framed as just, you know, some people need a free place to stay before they frog on to someone else's. So, they're just there for a couple of days. Again, so there's this real whimsical. Yeah. When you actually think about it, though, it's horrifying, obviously. It's like couch surfing, but without consent. Right. Right. <laughs> no means no, including my cons- it, for consentless couch surfing. In 2008, a 58-year-old homeless woman in Japan was arrested after she'd been found secretly living in a man's house for a year. That's impressive. He finally got suspicious. Food had started disappearing, so he installed security hammers in his kitchen to see what was going on. And they sent images to his phone. And he saw this woman in his kitchen. So he thought a burglar was in the house. Naturally, you don't jump to, of course, this person has been secretly living in my house. So he calls the police and tells them there's a burglar in his house. They get there. All the doors and the windows are locked. So they get get into the house. They search everywhere. And they they finally find her in the top compartment of his closet curled up. She had moved a little mattress in there. She was taking showers. She was clean. Um... And she'd been living there for a year.
1: I'm just imagining her like, I don't know what this closet situation is, but I'm imagining she like sleeps in a drawer. <laughs> she just the... like hops on in like a little cat and like just closes herself in. It's a matchbox. She sleeps yes. in a matchbox.
0: Yes. So that's pretty crazy.
1: Okay. Some
0: signs of frogging would be lights are on when they shouldn't be. So your neighbors notice that all your lights Uh. are on when you're not home and you don't usually do that. I'm trying to imagine Jumps in his driveway coming over to my house to tell me that all my lights were (laughs) on. (laughs) I've never had a single conversation. We, in fact, to the point where it's now awkward. I went out with the dog yesterday. He was coming out to his mail. We made eye contact. Neither of us smiled. Neither of us waved. We've forgotten how to be humans. I turned and went the other way that I usually walk just because I was like, it's so weird that we live across the street and we've never had a single interaction
1: for four years. I love this.
0: And it is usually this thing where usually I'm too embarrassed to make eye contact with him because he's either doing box jumps in his driveway or I am dressed like a insane person in sweats that don't match and holding a cattle prod and it just feels like a bad time to make a new friend
1: yeah I like to think that me not being friendly with my neighbors prevents murder and stalking situations like I I don't want to talk to them because what if they get attached although they're obsessed with me
0: Does that happen so often that now you really have to safeguard against it? I'm
1: pretty self-absorbed, so I'm convinced the guy across the hall who I'm pretty sure walks across the street to the grocery store, brings the cart back with his groceries. He looks, he doesn't look, he looks creepy. One time when I came out, he was like, I didn't even know he was there. I just like come out of my apartment. And he was like, hello. And then he went inside, goodbye. And I was like, oh my God, you're weird. That's fairly normal behavior. No. I'm good at reading vibes. I feel like
0: he was trying to be less weird. He didn't want to startle you, so he was like, gotta say something. And it just didn't go well. I
1: want to interact with him so I can take a quick pic. No. no, More of like a vibe check so
0: you can see what I'm seeing. You're about to become the neighbor who never says anything to him and then took a picture of him in the hallway. He's telling his podcast about his creepy neighbor at that point.
1: I'm just saying, if you leave grocery carts outside of the apartment, you're not. Oh, normal. he doesn't take them back. No. Oh, okay. I thought he took them back
0: because I don't no. care if you live across the street. You take the cart as long as you take it back. That's just.
1: No, I've solved the mystery of where all who is gotcha. pulling all these carts okay. here. Okay.
0: No, that's not normal. Thank you. I do think at this point that if jumps, ropes, jumps rope in his driveway or big guy little dogs were gonna murder me, they would have done it. So I feel like at this point, maybe now I need an ally so that if all my uh. lights are on, if someone is frogging they they can help you got some man and now i wonder if it's too late based mostly on that interaction i had with jumps rope yesterday so anyway
1: things just bring him another jump rope he'll love that i'm sure i was thinking of, of a the... baked good but i was like that might not be no, his he's thing not, not his vibe jump ropes though he has escalated
0: to uh kettlebells and box jumps but also i'm sure he has Give one him of those a little weight <laughs> just a dumbbell <laughs> I can't figure out how to justify it. He's like, You moved in four years ago. Like, what is Um. Anyway, so if they came over and told me all my lights were on, I might be concerned, except that I am notorious for turning on and leaving out a lot of lights. So that's not a great marker for me. Weird noises, footsteps, scratch, scratch, scratching. I know, it's not good. So basically like, although one of the places was like the weird noises might include music. And I have to say, you're a terrible frogger if you're playing music. Yeah. Damage, like dents and dings and locks broken, door damage, which again, I am a bull in a china shop. The little weather stripping between my kitchen tile and the laminate in my living room, it just like kicked it off the other day. It's not attached anymore. Maybe That's I can just blame, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I can blame a frogger a food waste dishes okay. trash. Once again, you're bad at frogging. Someone said footprints. <laughs> what is this? An 1895 detective story? What well, with the footprints? Okay. So they were thinking. I think if you have tile or wood floor, and you're, like and
1: you're suspicious leaving. footprints,
0: not of anything. Just like, but I guess if you have an all glass floor like normal people and (laughs) there's footprints across it yeah i don't know to avoid frogging you might keep your curtains drawn and your windows shut because froggers are gonna want to know what to expect when they get oh my god
1: i got cats man they need entertainment i gotta leave a little bit at the bottom have a ring or a security system okay
0: and then It was like, don't let strangers in. And I said, I barely let in people I like. And then my favorite note was make sure after a party, everyone leaves. I've never had a party big enough that I've lost track of my guests where I was like, did everyone did? It's not a sitcom. I didn't invite three friends over and they invited the whole school. And now there's a hundred people at my parents' house. (laughs) Like I know who's here and I know when they left.
1: Yeah. And they usually all come in vehicles.
0: So I think I would notice
1: (laughs) That situation they made seem would be much more likely in real life than it actually is. The party, accidentally (laughs) out of control party. I know. I was really prepping for an accidentally out of control party and it never Mm -hmm. happened.
0: And then finally, keep track of your keys and who you give them to. Like if you're giving out a lot of spares. (laughs)
1: Like Tom Haverford. (laughs) That's his pickup. He definitely had a frog. (laughs) (laughs) The house was so nice too. Oh man, he had so many amenities. I would frog. Can I say that? I would frog in his... Frog Tom Haverford's house? Yeah, he deserves it. Um,
0: So, you know, I'm in it for the dramatic stories. So those are kind of like the basics of frogging. But now I'm going to tell you a couple of particularly dramatic examples. And for the record, a couple of these people are kind of obsessed with the residents. So this is not... They are not following the Frogger's Code. Got it. I can't even say the word the Frogger's Code with a straight face. (laughs) I will say I watched a television show for this it's a lifetime show it's on hulu and it's nine episodes and it's called frogging Hider in my house and each episode features two stories of frogging so a couple of these stories came from that television show and then i just kind of let it play in the background for a while whether that was a good idea or not i don't know <laughs> because i'm very susceptible to media when i was Shortly before I moved out, I had watched like four seasons of Law and Order SVU in rapid succession. And I actually had to cut myself off because I knew that I was about to live alone and I couldn't be in that headspace. So I had to Mm -hmm. to go cold turkey on the SVU. Um, But let's start with the OG Frogger known as the Denver Spider-Man. I can't actually tell you if this is the OG Frogger, but it feels good to say. So this, have you, uh, this is in October of 1941. Uh, Okay, that does feel OG. He made a a YouTube, no. Uh, He had a giant camera with like the curtain you had to go under to take pictures. So in October of 1941, Philip Peters, a retired railroad employee living in Denver was murdered. Okay. He was, uh, he had been living at home alone for five weeks because his wife was in the hospital recovering from a, I believe a broken hip. She'd fallen in her, her hip. Their kids are grown up. So he'd been living alone in the house. He was also part of the Denver guitar club. So you can file that away because he was retired and Something else that's kind of important is during that five weeks, he was often eating dinner with the neighbors. So he wasn't home around dinner time and then he'd bring the leftovers home. He'd also spend a lot of time with his wife at the hospital. Uh, the neighbors discovered him an hour after he was beaten to death with his cast iron stove shaker. Should I have looked up what a stove shaker is? Yes. Did I? No. no. But cast iron is not good. No. The police look everywhere for the murderer and they're not finding any evidence of the person and essentially big shrug. It's 1941. The case goes cold. Mrs. Peters returns home a few weeks later. She's now a widow. She brings a friend with her. Who's going to help her get around. And they start experiencing weird things. The kind of things we talked about missing food, weird noises, and you have to imagine that it's amped, right, because this lady's husband was just murdered in this house. Can you imagine returning on top of all the grief, you're returning to the scene of the unsolved crime? Uh, Mrs. Peter's friend thinks the place is haunted, and she pieces out. She's gone and then mrs peter moves to wait grand i'm sorry home. the friend just leaves her well and then mrs peters moves to grand junction to live with her okay. son they both leave the house it's okay like, i was like wow what a shit was friend. Like, i know i'm here to help you with your broken hip and your grief but your house has He's, a ghost so i'm out of here best of luck with your grief bye <laughs> best of luck with your grief and your ghost do they make cards <laughs> that say that she can leave the key with a card this is like best of luck with your grief and your ghost so mrs peters moves to grand junction the friend leaves and the house is now vacant however the neighbors are still reporting weird weird sounds and disgusting smells coming from the house
1: not following the code well it's 1941 it's
0: pre-froggers code uh frogger's code is a game development thing that just sounds so strange (laughs) to say it's pre that frogger's code too so the police keep coming to the house they're not finding anyone how bad does your house have to smell for the neighbors to be like the house smells bad what did this frogger how bad too. that it's seeping out through the house also this isn't 2023 so i assume the houses aren't so close together that you can lean from your window into your neighbor's window we had some yards going on right
1: yeah. are there just piles and piles of trash just rotting inside like what is happening not trash so oh no
0: so it's now july 1942 so remember mr peter's dead in october of 1941 okay and the police decide they're going to station two detectives at the house so they can figure out what's up before the neighbors call again you can also tell what kind of neighbors that they were reporting so often that the police were like we're going to leave two people there because we do not want to talk to mrs davis again like, had she had over there
1: like she keeps calling 911 we told her to stop that's right we told her to please call the non emergency number next time
0: <laughs> so they're posted at the house and lo and behold they see a man in the house They run in, and the house appears empty, but then they hear a noise upstairs, so they run up the stairs, and as he's disappearing into a hole in the attic, they catch the legs of Theodore Coney's and pull him out. Oh, that's
1: so, like, movie. And he is
0: gaunt and pale and unwell. Denver, Theodore Coney's was a Denver resident. Pale and and unwell, that's my memoir title. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Pale and unwell, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to. <laughs> it was really good. No, thank you. So, Coney's is a Denver resident who has, for most of his life, struggled with both health issues and then lived through the Great Depression. So, he often didn't have a place to live.
1: Okay, that's he fair.
0: Met, he met the Peters and became friendly with them at the Denver Guitar Club. So, he knows them. He does know them. So one night, Coney's goes to the Peter's house. He wants to ask for money and maybe something to eat, and no one is there. So he does what anyone would do. He breaks into their house and steals some food. And then he moves into their attic. It's possible what anyone would do, what anyone would do. He does the natural thing. What else are you supposed to do? It's possible he doesn't move into the attic until after he kills Peter. I I actually saw, I've seen two different things. One is that he broke into the house multiple times to steal food and then moved into the attic. And one is that he just like moved into the attic right then. And I could see that because Peter's really wasn't home that often. So like that night he was at the hospital. That's why no one was there on the night that Coney showed up. He's visiting his wife. So he moves into their attic and one night Peter's catches him at the fridge and i'm sorry it's 1941 so peters catches him at the icebox and Connie's beats him to death with the the cast iron thing claims it was spur of the moment he was afraid and he either continues to live or then moves into this crawl space in the attic where he lives for at least like eight months right nope that's not good math it's like, don't ask me. No, that was pretty good math for like eight months <laughs> until July 1942. So they arrest him. They send the smallest officer up there because it's not a big space. Oh. So they send Officer Fred Zarno up to the attic and he finds this tiny little nest. And Coney's has been collecting his waste. He hasn't bathed in the eight months that he's lived there. Uh, officer Zarno throws up which is not going to help the mess in that attic. Burn the house down. And then Officer Fred Zarno says of the attic, a man would have to be a spider to stand it long up there. And that is how Theodore Coney's came to be known as the Denver Spider-Man.
1: Not as cool as what I was originally picturing with like actual Spider-Man, the Marvel character. Yeah. Tom Holland lived in this attic after murder. No. And they're like, we got a new movie for you It's so rancid up there That he had to be a spider In order to Survive Why? kind of
0: your original frogging story There's also a story That I decided Why did he collect all of it? Oh, because he was hiding And because he was unwell Mm. Okay And because he didn't know the Frogger's Code It wasn't developed yet Maybe he could have trailblazed.
1: I do Nothing wonder big, why buddy. he,
0: once the women moved out of the house. Yeah. Well, even I if you're going. like, it's safer for me to stay in the attic. Can't you go down and get like a quick shower? Right. Clean up the your nest a little bit. Start fresh. Yeah. Maybe he had no idea that they weren't coming back. I don't know. So that's the Denver Spider-Man. There's also a story I decided didn't count as frogging, but if you want to learn more about it. I'll give you a brief overview and plug another podcast. Uh, My favorite (laughs) murders in an episode and the dollop did an episode on Dolly and Otto, which was this wealthy woman in the 1800s who kept her boyfriend in the attic for years and actually moved him from one house to another house, hiding him from her husband, her wealthy husband. And it's a really bonkers story, but one of the residents of that house did know he was living up there. So not frogging. Uh, so another frogging story, this one did come from frogging, hide her in my house. Uh, James and Brittany Campbell in 2019, they've just gotten married. They are living in Hawaii with his two kids and they're of the strings of the Amityville Horror. Uh, th- and just note that their house had an attic crawl space over the upstairs bathroom. The thing that really bothered me about this story is they had a cat and a little dog. And I hate that. Because I consider my pets insurance against a person living in my house.
1: I was just going to say this. Like, I feel like we're good, but if they can befriend our pets, then we're fucked.
0: Maybe. I mean, there was more people living in that house. I would hope that mm-hmm. since we live alone, our pets are attuned to one person in the home. I feel like, look,
1: my pets are oh, extra neurotic. The the dog right. would know. The dog would know Poe is a nosy little motherfucker. He knows that there's a person up there. He's going to sit there and he's going to meow until I figure out what the hell is going on. Your attack cat would be on it. He only attacks the people he loves, though. So (laughs) That is a problem.
0: (laughs) So they move in. And then in June of 2019, shortly after they move in, weird stuff starts happening. And so the thing again is like all these weird things are not little weird until suddenly they're really big weird. Although these are a little bit bigger. So one time Brittany goes into the garage and sees a bunch of their boxes are now unpacked and the stuff is all over the floor. Okay. She, at night, when she hears the door opening and closing when everyone's upstairs and James is like, she's just being paranoid. So one night they get in a fight, he promises he locked the door. He's sure. He says, I just locked it and I came upstairs. And she becomes. She goes downstairs. They're unlocked, and she's That's like, so "Creepy." This happens a couple times. She's like, "Why would he lie about that?" And he's like, "I." So this is now a weird source of tension. She becomes fixated on the doors. Brittany thinks she's losing it. I will say that yeah, now, this at is least, like a gaslighting situation. I will wow. say that now, at least, hindsight is twenty twenty. But James at least admits on television that he was being dismissive, incorrectly. So good. What year was this again? 2019. Okay. Two weeks pass from the door thing and James is working. He's playing his piano and he thinks you see a shadow pass by, but he decides it's just someone outside listening to him annoyed by his music. Okay. This is where it gets really weird. Later on, he looks at the desk calendar and he sees that on the day there's a note and the note says your rehabilitation starts today. Do as I did choose a house, clean it, set up devices. I gotta ask you, let's say you are in a relationship. This don't is handwritten. Yeah. Let's say you don't live alone just for the purpose of this exercise. You find that note on your calendar. What I'd do you I'd be like, what the hell is this? You would ask about it, right? I would be, be like, like yeah, uh, on. babe, what is this? Poe? Did you do I this? I assume you would recognize <laughs> your partner's handwriting, right? That's true. James? Jumbo? He just assumes that Brittany wrote it and is wanting him to clean the house she's just trying to get him to clean he assumes that some weird inspirational motivational thing that she like found on pinterest and she just wants him to clean up so he just starts cleaning the house so that is in this story the weirdest reaction
1: to me i gotta me. say i don't want to judge their relationship but he doesn't seem like he's very good at this marriage like
0: well maybe both of them because if yeah. she's weird and passive aggressive and just makes him do stuff by like <laughs> weird nonsense messages on the calendar three more weeks go by and here's this is one of those things that's small weird but because they're already feeling kind of crazy is bigger weird so they're gonna go see a movie as a family and she decides she wants to take this blanket that's on the couch that they use for at-home movie nights which is a really weird choice don't take blankets to the movie theaters
1: you don't live here hold on what if i wash it after Not that I've ever done this. But a blanket
0: into the movie theater, I'm gonna feel weird if the person next to me covers themselves in an entire blanket. That's fair.
1: Never mind, I retract it. Okay, thank you.
0: (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter because they can't find the blanket. It's not on the couch. Mm -hmm. And no one knows where it is. And the family gets into a fight over this blanket. Because she's like, again, I don't know if this marriage is like the strongest. <laughs> no, like, including the children. She's like, do they just not oh. want to go upstairs? Do they know where it is? Where's the blanket? Whatever. Nobody will admit to knowing where this blanket is. They leave. When they get back, the blanket is on the couch. Okay. And so That's she so feels crazy. She figures the kids didn't want to get in trouble. They had taken it to their room or something and so snuck it, it back. So she feels a little less crazy. And she shirts the kids. She says one night she noticed her webcam light was on on her computer in the middle of the night. So that's just a thing. It's not a good thing. Huh? She woke up. She looked at her laptop. The webcam light was on. Ew. But she was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why it's on. And she just did she did she I don't know. She didn't it say. I she closed the laptop or quit it or put tape over it
1: also now i'm imagining like i know there's a guy somewhere in this house or a woman but my guess no, is a guy. A um sometimes it's women but this it. one is a man yeah I'm, like, I'm feeling mostly i'm imagining this all from his perspective and he's just like hearing this fight about this blanket. and he's like oh shit oh shit i have it oh god <laughs> and then, like scurrying down after they leave to put it back he broke the frogger's
0: code uh no you're giving him way too much okay it? <laughs> So in September of the same year. So now it's been going on for like three months. That's crazy. The Campbells go back to the mainland to visit family. They're staying for a week. When they come home on the 20th of September, they end up taking an earlier flight back than they had originally planned. So it's daytime. And when they get to the house, James's nice bike is in front of the house. And they think, well, that's weird. And they can just tell something is off. So they tell the boys to stay in the car and they go in through the garage and it's a mess the garage is wrecked they think they've been robbed and they're like okay something's not right so james grabs from the garage of all things a sledgehammer and goes to the front of the house to go inside because they think the robber might be in the house yeah okay he pushes he goes to push the door open and there's resistance Because there's a person in the house holding the door shut. And the man very calmly says, this is not your house. You've got the wrong house.
1: This guy has some balls, man. Like, (laughs) to try to gaslight someone like, no, you got the wrong I know. Brittany called 911. James
0: manages to pull the man out into the front yard. And they now see that he's wearing James's clothes.
1: And like tries to up the ante and he's like, I'm her husband. You're not her husband. But <laughs> so the man is telling them he doesn't have anywhere else to go.
0: He's a youngish guy. James thinks James thinks at this point so that it's just like a homeless guy who's broken into their house while they're on vacation.
1: Okay.
0: James says, I quote, I can't bludgeon a man to death in front of my kids, which definitely implies that if his kids aren't there this he guy's brains are on the sidewalk i think he's mostly just thinking like i don't want it to escalate to the point where i feel like i have to swing at this guy yeah. right they have a cat Brittany's worried about their cat the guy says he fed and took care of the cat so she runs in to check which on the one hand i understand on the other hand she left the two children out there with her husband and this man nope that's my move that's me bye cats first She did at least call 911. She goes in to see the cat. And as she runs through the living room, she says it's set up like a garage sale or like someone was inventorying their house. All of James's music equipment is laid out. The cat's in a cage. The cat's fine, but it is in a cage that was for training the puppy. And the cat doesn't have water. And the man had been trying to feed him dried apricots. Bro, what is happening? The guy is like super calm. The police arrive. He's just talking with them. He acts like everything's totally fine. They arrest him. He goes peacefully. James and Brittany go into the house, and it is trashed. It's a wreck. But really weirdly, the whole house is a wreck, except he had done the kids' laundry and made their beds, and the kids' room is immaculate.
1: What the hell is happening? We still
0: think. This guy just broke into their house while they're on vacation, right? Right. They're still just, like, really weird. In the parents' bedroom, there's a towel set out with knives on it. Oh, what? (laughs) The journey
1: (laughs) of your face was so good. We start with telling I'm like, ew, gross. And then I'm like, oh, no.
0: Yeah. And next to the knife towel, there's an old computer of the Campbells that they don't use anymore. It's sitting there. And she opens it, and there is a whole collection of typed notes like a journal that are labeled are you ready no. the omnivore trials A rehabilitation for rat-like people and and it is
1: incredible name no notes
0: <laughs> no notes and it is full of observations about the Campbell family
1: I hate this
0: Things he would have only known from their private conversations. Like he oh knew that James and Brittany were trying to have a baby and nobody else knew that, including their family. In the writings, he talks about wanting to perform surgeries on the wives and the kids and drugging them. He was Googling stuff on how to perform surgeries and where to buy surgical tables. Things like how to remove arms, how to do gender reassignment surgery. He was looking up ways to implement his plans. Oh, my God. So then she starts looking through her computer and she finds a video that the Frogger made where he is doing a fake tutorial, making fun of the kind of makeup tutorials that she used to watch, but like super creepy. And he's sitting naked in her makeup chair and she remembers noticing that the webcam was on and she starts to wonder how long this guy has been watching them. And this guy's charged with felony burglary. And then days later, he's allowed out on supervised release. But like two days after that, he gets arrested for burglarizing somewhere else. He gets sent back to prison where he murders his cellmate. My God. The Campbells leave Hawaii. They are obviously psychologically scarred. So am I. They're super grateful that they came home, A, during the day and that the parents went in first. Like what if the kids had just run in the house? God. And this guy is uh in custody. He's unfit for he was unfit for trial last time they checked, so he's like awaiting trial. He's in a psychiatric facility.
1: Oh my god. If it had gone on longer, they would have lost some limbs, man. Yeah. It's so crazy.
0: Oh, it's the tutorial so in
1: her makeup chair is so creepy.
0: Just like living your regular family life and there's a guy in your attic watching you, learning all about you, learning about your children, listening to your private conversations, stealing your blankets, opening and closing the front door in the middle of the night. Like, what is happening? Planning on how to cut off your arms. Yeah. Really? Okay. All right. I have one more. Oh, my God. I have one more story for you. So this is um, Tina Bowen. And this one, we're going to go back again to 1986. In 1986, Tina Bowen is a teenager. She's 14 or 15. She lives in Pennsylvania with her. She lives in a two-story house at the end of a gravel road with her dad, her sister, and her best friend, Kathy.
1: And This sounds like a delightful little sitcom set up here.
0: Yeah. It, well, because her friend had moved in because her mom died earlier that year. Oh, God. And so Tina's basically... Has got all this responsibility. She's taking care of her sister. She's having a really hard time with it. And Kathy's parents were about to move away. And so her dad lets Kathy move in, agrees to be her guardian so she can finish high school. And the other thing is, dad works as a hotel restaurant manager. He has to drive kind of far. He's gone a lot. The girls are basically on their own. They talk about ice cream for dinner and talking on the phone to boys all night. And so it's these three gals living in this house, basically. Left to their own devices a lot of the time. And also Kathy and Karen, her little sister are deeply grieving mom, right? So one night they decide to have a seance to try and communicate with her mother. And during that, they hear knocking, they hear noises. They hear like knocking on the walls, the cover falls off event, of they panic and they end it. But after that seance, weird stuff starts happening.
1: Okay. I, I don't like this frogger person because they're like, oh, we'll have some fun. They're doing this seance and then you're like, let's make it a little bit more exciting. What if I just told you the story and I was like, and then I never found anyone? I think it was a real ghost. And that was the end of the story. (laughs) I don't like that. Keep going. Not what
0: happens. (laughs) So after that weird they end the seance, they're like, whoops, after that weird stuff starts happening. One day, all the stuff from the shed, lawn chairs, tools is all over the yard. And dad just blames the neighborhood kids playing jokes. Mm. The doorbell rings. No one's there. One night during a thunderstorm, Kathy, uh, sorry, Tina's in the other room. Kathy is the friend. It's confusing that Kathy and Karen are the sisters. My brain really can't handle that. Tina's in the other room and she suddenly lightning thunder crashes. She hears Karen and Kathy screaming in the kitchen. She runs in there and they tell Tina, the ghost of your mom is here. We saw a human shadow during a lightning strike. Oh, that's so creepy. One night they're talking to boys on the phone and a loud bang comes from the window like a rock has been thrown into it. It's 2 a.m. Dad's not home. They call the police who come out and find no one. And dad gets a little annoyed. He says, really, I think he's worried about getting in trouble because he says, you guys shouldn't be alone at 2 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Don't, quote, bother the police. Tina is convinced they have ghosts. People, Other people are convinced that she's just grieving and acting out. Nobody believes them. Eventually, these girls are together all the time in the house. Like Tina said, they would go up the stairs as a unit with one person in front, one person in the middle, and one person facing down, like walking up backwards. They're so afraid. Eventually, one night, they hear banging on the walls, and they take a plastic bat into the laundry room cellar area. And I'm like, ladies...
1: That's such a, there's nothing there.
0: They're so freaked out. Nothing's there for six months. This happens on and off. Oh
1: my God.
0: Like sometimes something will happen every day and then nothing will happen for weeks. Sometimes two days and then a week with nothing. So on and off for six months. And then one night Tina's getting ready to go out and a rock hits the bathroom window and cracks it. And this time dad is home.
1: Thank God.
0: And he goes out to check it out. And Kathy is babysitting somewhere else. Tina goes to call her, but the phone line is dead. Both phone lines. They have two phone lines are dead. Outside, dad finds a bag of candy, a BB gun, and that the phone lines have been burnt and cut. And so this is the first time that dad really sees what's going on in person.
1: Burnt and cut. I know. Mm. Extreme. Right? Just pick, just cut them. That'll do it. Yeah. You don't got to go above and beyond. Things get quiet for a little while.
0: One day, Karen, the little sister, is homesick, and Tina's with her taking care of her and... Suddenly Tina hears the radio go on in the other room. And then the cabinets start banging. Mm -mm -mm. Kathy's not there. Dad is at work. The cabinets are banging. The music is blaring. Tina thinks this ghost, whatever, it's back. What do I do? Karen's asleep. Tina calls dad. Who's a hotel restaurant manager. It's lunchtime. It's a rush. He's like, he doesn't believe anyone's there. Later that day, uh, Karen is looking for these cupcakes that they had just bought at the grocery store and they can't find them. And Tina's like, I'm sure Kathy took them. No, they find them in the living room eaten like the box with the wrappers. And so they leave the house, they run out, they were on their way out anyway, but Tina's like, we got to get out of here. They get back that night with dad and all the lights are on at night. And when they left, it was daytime. So none of the lights were on when they left. Right all the TVs are on, all the radios are on as loud as possible.
1: This is some horror movie
0: shit. I don't like this. So now dad sees it, right? So he goes into the basement and he's going to start a room by room search. Also turning off things as he goes. So he starts in the basement. He's going up the stairs. The girls are following behind him upstairs. Tina, he opens a closet and Tina just hears him say, excuse me. I'll just let you be. And he shuts the closet door, and the girls go into that room. And Dad is standing face to face with someone who is holding a hatchet, has his face painted, his hair spiked up, and Dad is like really trying to de-escalate. Okay. So, he backs down the hall. He manages to get into a room with the three girls and lock the door without the hatchet guy, but now they're trapped. The phone in the room has been removed. The lamp has been removed. It's dark. They have no communication. It's 1986. No one has a cell phone. Tina's freaking out, obviously. And she jumps out the window to go for help and sprints to the neighbor. She says, there's a man in our house with an ax. The neighbors call the police and the police get her family out through the window. All of them. And within 30 minutes, they're all at the neighbor's house. And her dad finally apologizes to her. The police do a huge search and they can't find the intruder, but they do find the hatchet outside. So they tell the, the Bowens don't stay at the house. So they go somewhere else. And the next night, dad says, we want to go back to the house and get some stuff. And we want a police escort to pick up some stuff. So they go back to the house and Tina says, when they get there, someone is waving at them from the second floor bedroom window. Oh my God. No. No. Police officer goes inside and on the wall is a picture with a knife through it and written on it. It says, I'm still here. Come find me. And then a little further down the hall, another picture with a knife through it that says, I'm going to kill you all. And they had locked the doors when they left the day before. So that means he was in the house the whole time. But they're still not finding him anywhere. And the co- But the cop, this police officer, is adamant. He's like, he is here. He's somewhere here does not give up. He's going to help them look. Well, not help them. He is looking. The family is not looking. The police okay. are looking. I was like, good. Because he's going to kill them. <laughs> so the police officer is in the laundry room and suddenly he realizes that a wall isn't a real wall, it's a wall created to hide the pipes. And he can see that there was a gap left. And it's just big enough for someone to fit there. And sure enough, he looks under and there's what looks like a pile of laundry, but is actually this guy. And he pulls him out. The police bring the guy out and Tina looks at him and his face is all painted. But she realizes she like recognizes his eyes. She can't figure out how she's thinking about it. And she realizes she does know him. It's Daniel LaPlante. So back before the seance, after her mom died, there was this day where Tina, Kathy and Karen danced in the window of a laundromat, like just for fun. They were at the laundromat and they were having a good time. They danced in the window. They met a bunch of cute boys. Tina describes herself as boy crazy. They give their numbers to the boys. A few weeks later, Danny LaPlante calls her and says he got, she doesn't know him. He says he got her number from those boys. Mm. She talks to him for weeks. They become friends. Um, they talk on the phone, maybe even months. Eventually, they meet in person. They go on a date. He, She's not into him in person, and he's weird on the date. So that's the end of it, right? Good instincts, except. girl. Except he becomes obsessed with her, and for at least six months, he lives in the house going in and out. He had cut electrical outlets in her bedroom out so he could pull them out and just, like, peep at her and then put them back in. Ew. So he's arrested for kidnapping, threatening bodily harm, and breaking and entering. And after nine, he's 17, by the way. And after nine and a half months in prison, his mother comes up with bail. Danny is released. And he almost immediately breaks into the house of another family, the Gustafsons. And as Priscilla Gustafsson arrives home with her young child, he she's pregnant. He kills her. <laughs> her child her other kid comes home from school he killed that little girl and he is then sentenced to three life terms with no chance of parole and that guy has been living first lived in your walls for six months
1: mom where the fuck why didn't you notice that you're like you weren't suspicious that your son wasn't with like yeah, I mean clearly I think there's some issues at home there, eh?
0: Like, dude. So that is that's a horrible awful. story. And it definitely-I mean, he was um, he was horrific. Uh, but it also ruined the Bowens life to some degree. Dad never got over the fact that there had been this person living on their walls for six months but how can you know, he you? couldn't protect them from. The little girls were terrified. So those are some pretty bad stories. So how anxious do we need to be? It's very rare. These are noteworthy. There's a lifetime series because it's not happening in houses across America, right? I, I think most people genuinely do not have people secretly living in their homes. There's no statistics on it, obviously, because it's so rare and or the froggers are so good that nobody knows. But mm-hmm. uh, I happen to live in a state. I also feel better because I actually happen to live in a state where we really don't have places for people to live in secret. We don't have basements. We don't have attics. There's really not spaces for them to hide. This is why people's garages are just full of all the stuff that normal people keep in their basements and attics. We don't have the space. I have a couple sheds in the backyard, but honestly, they can have those enjoy your shed enjoy your sheds uh the the truth is most people probably know about frogging in relation to pop culture more than yeah. anything else to urban legend type stories to fictional stories you know things like parasite to you know these oh yeah duh really like urban legend style stories is yeah. what most people know about it not because you or anyone you know has actual personal experience so it's rare my advice is just everyone should have neurotic pets. Do it. If you have a neurotic pet, secret. no one is going to be able to live in your house. And actually, having a dog specifically is a deterrent.
1: Yeah. Also, do you think singing the way you sing or singing at your pets? I think that's a good deterrent Both too. Both deterrents. Yeah. Be they would be more like, annoying she when was you're so alone. annoying. <laughs> she could not handle quiet and it really bothered me. Yeah. So. I think honestly, I think that would they'd be here for like two hours and then they'd be like, I can't fucking stand her. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what would happen in my
0: home as well. So uh, definitely a terrifying idea, but I do think pretty unlikely. Okay. Oh, my gosh. What's making you anxious
1: this week? Oh, <gasps> OK. It is Um, there are two levies that the district needs to pass in for funding. They tried to pass it. I don't think it's official yet because maybe they're still counting votes or maybe they don't want to own up to it. But it's like going to fail. Okay. So they have one more opportunity to get it to pass. And at the last uh, school board meeting that I went to, um, they made it very clear, the financial guy, if we do not pass these levies, they're like, it is... There are so few examples of what would happen. Like, that's how bad it is. Oh. So, like, if we don't pass it, we literally cannot, like, pay teachers. We can't, like, it will not. We need it in order to, like, survive as a district. And he made, like, examples of, like, what would happen based on the few other districts that this is happened to. One district, they had to fire all bus drivers. Oh, Another district, they had to um, have classes of 40. Oh. Another district shuttered their doors. And so now, so they're having this conversation, like, what are we, what's this going to look like? And they're like, well, and they they keep making this point about, you're like, oh, you know, we keep hiring more people, blah, blah, blah. And so they're like already creating this narrative where they're going to blame us. They're like, oh, well, we just passed. Um, you know, the paraeducators finally got like a decent living wage. The admin did get a new pay raise, which take their money first. Um, But we are, our contract is, we're in negotiations for the next year. So I'm already seeing in the future, they get one more opportunity to pass this. If it does not, they're going to absolutely say we cannot, they're going to get out of our contract and who knows what that'll even look like. So I got to get out. I do not believe I'm I'm in crisis mode. I feel like after that day, after the uh, election, when they I was like, this isn't going to pass. I was like, oh, it's going to be chaos at school. I was the only one freaked out. (laughs) It felt very much like, guys, do you know how like catastrophic this is? Or is it just me? Yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it. I Well, I can get the
0: fuck out. But I just mean as far as freaking out. It's not, that's my sweet spot. I love, I love freaking out about things that I can't do anything. You do what you got to do. I just am explaining why maybe some of your colleagues weren't, weren't freaking out. Cause it's a resignation.
1: Not, not that they're Mm -hmm. not actually like worried or concerned. Right. But it's just like, well. But now I'm worried that I'm like, oh, all of us are going to leave a mass exodus and I'm not going to be able to get a job last year. They were cutting jobs in all other districts. Like, we had people coming, like, trying to work at our shitty school. 50 applicants. I would not have gotten this job if there were 50 applicants. So now I'm worried about that. I got to get out. Will there be jobs? How many people am I competing at, against? I don't know. I'm sorry. So that's mine. And what is that vote? Um, They have a couple of options. They can either do it in, like, February or March. Okay. I don't know. Crazy. Yeah, so that's yeah. Gotta polish up that resume and cover letter. What um is making you anxious? Yeah, so I had
0: I think I have already talked about it. It's not very exciting, but I had this project that had a deadline of yesterday and it was really looking insane. (laughs) So uh it's submitted, so that's good actually now, but all week. It was it's difficult too because it's it's the worst kind of stress again because I it wasn't anything I could do. I had done and was doing all the parts that were mine, and it wasn't actually anybody on my team who was the problem. It just was sort of the way things panned out was really tight and so I just had a lot of nervous energy and nowhere to channel it because I couldn't do it, but I was in charge of it. so that's not ideal. That's not, not a fun. Spot ideal, so.
1: But it's gonna be fine now, right? It's done. Yeah, it should be fine. So okay, good. it's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is bringing you joy? Um. One is I've been. Uh, I decided I was gonna crochet a blanket. I think I'm getting this crochet thing. It's very fun. Yay! I'm like, it's just. Every day, I'm like, no matter how shitty the day is, I'm like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to crochet my little blanket. I'm going to watch something fun. And so that's been nice. And I have another comedy show that I'm going to today. Eliza. Fun. Schlesinger. her. <laughs> so we got another got one. Definitely whatever you said. <laughs> I have no idea. But Eliza, I'm going to see her. So Bye. that'll be Fun. Um and something to look forward to. Yeah. What um? What's bringing you joy? Well,
0: I did start watching Hallmark Christmas movies this last week, so that's fun. I watched one, um, where a woman wished away Christmas, and then the whole world turned black and white, and she was the only one who remembered Christmas. And then as she reminded other people, they became color again. <laughs> um. And so that's always fun. And then I I actually went to a basketball game this week. I went to a sport at college basketball game because... Why? Why? Because someone invited me. They had extra tickets basically oh. on the court. And I got to say yes to things to get out of my dark little house at night. Right. And uh, I like go... The thing is, I'm a joiner. I like going uh-huh. to sporting events. And you can eat stuff there. And if I'm around people who are excited about something, then I am going to be excited about it. I like oh, cheering nice. for things. You know, I get excited. And it was a very exciting game. Uh, it was, we won by, we, I don't know how else to say that. It's a sports thing. We won by one point <laughs> and the other team had possession of the ball at the end. So they were trying to, like, if they'd mm. scored, they would have beat us. It was very exciting. And, you know, basketball is a fun sport to watch because it's a lot of points. That's true. A lot of scoring. It's not soccer. Yeah. And I feel like I mostly know what's going on except for when the ref calls. I don't really understand the towels and stuff, but I understand like how to get a point and how many points you get when you do different things. Yeah. that is uh, there's only five Is ladies basketball. There's only five people on the team. So you can really keep track of what's going on. So
1: anyway, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a nice time. I love that. Yeah. All right. The world can be a scary place. Don't forget to take a deep breath. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode
0: and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore anxiety pod. We'll talk to you next week.